all the news you need to know. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Everyone to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fry. Want to say happy Thursday to you guys. Hey, you guys, it's almost day, almost the weekend. Uh, so if you've been grinding hard, you have one more day to push and make it happen. So hopefully that will uh, definitely happen and all that good stuff. So tonight, folks, I'm excited. We got a special guest coming through here tonight. We got Urban Voodoo. In the building, it's the man, it's the myth, the legend, who is Urban Voodoo? Talking about tonight, he's going to be joining us tonight. I'm excited. I'm looking forward uh, to having him on here. It's been a while. Uh, He hails originally um, uh, from New Orleans. Uh, He was in Cali for a while, uh, Inglewood, California to be exact. And uh, now he is in Memphis, Tennessee, doing great things there as well with his wonderful and awesome and beautiful family. And uh, I'm excited about having him on the show tonight, you guys. So definitely you are in store for a treat as you get to, you know, he introduces himself to you and you learn a little bit more about him. And you get to hear some of his awesome pieces live here tonight on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. So, hey, that in itself is a treat, is a treat. So I'm glad that you guys will uh, be able to uh, enjoy that tonight. Make sure, um, if you're out there, make sure you can download our app. That's YRN 1328, available on your Android or your iPhone. All you have to do is go to your app store. Um, search YRN 1328, download our app, and you can listen to your radio network's um, awesome, awesome, awesome hosts and their platform available 24-7 along with some great music. Also, if you want to, maybe you want to get your business uh, promoted on our um, on our website, on our um, app. Uh, maybe you are a music artist. You want your music played. All you have to do, email us. Um, you can email me personally. It's the B-Fly Show at gmail.com, and I will make sure, make sure uh, that it gets in the proper hands that it needs to be. So definitely take advantage of that, you guys. We've got some awesome, awesome opportunities going on over here on your radio network. So with that said, you guys, we are going to warm up the 
warm up the system a little bit. And uh, then shortly we're going to have Urban Voodoo join us here on the show tonight. So I do want to encourage you guys to make sure you share the show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let everybody know that Urban Voodoo is going to be over here in the building tonight, you guys. And so we're going to pay some bills, play some music, and we're going to come back with more right here on the beautiful butterfly show. We got that waiting in the clinic silence. That shh, don't tell nobody what we did silence. And I'm so tired of being your hamper that I'm going to dump out those weak old ketchup stained secrets and do laundry in that silence. You like keeping it quiet. But my vagina is not your walk in closet. You want to. Stuff your unmentionables through me. Want a place to hang up your insecurities? Want me to keep take up your hand-me-downs and Prada? Women for every occasion and put me back behind closed doors in the darkness. Nobody knows you hold my hand. Nobody knows I call you baby. And nobody knows you write anonymous poems about me. The types you can't post on face. I'm worse than what you may think I deserve. I will never be that girl. The girl who's only allowed to make you smile when she's making you orgasm. That girl whose day job is daydreaming waiting for her night job. That girl who's so in love she will turn her body over for your superficial touch. You hide me behind locked doors and bed sheets. Because if you dare reach out, then everybody would know that it was still about me. Know that in your heart and in your mind you're still wrapped up in me. My tears like you own them. My heart since you got them tied around your pencils and fingers. Yeah, you may say it's over. And you may never admit that you love me, but you don't have to. Because the silence speaks volumes. You want to hold me in your arms, rock me to sleep, then act like you don't know me. As if the moment we've been together are some kind of down payment. As if my bedroom were layaway. And that's all you ever do is layaway. Curl up beside me, but in the morning, pull up the hoodie and run the other way. I'm like that bastard child. The reason why daddy never stuck around in the first place. But for me, rejection doesn't come every other weekend. It comes when you lower your head and pass by without speaking. And I remember there was a time when you could barely take your eyes off me. I just don't understand why it's not okay for you to love me. Yes, you just want me to be that girl. The girl who everyone wants to sleep with, but no one wants to be with. That girl, only good enough for finding a suitable replacement. And I've tried to make up for the mistakes, but you convince yourself that she means everything, and you want nothing to do with me. But come on, baby, she looks just like me. Read the signs, or at least if not the facial features, because I was your first, your only, the prototype, and she's just a duplicate. And you can never make copies without first consulting the
the Beautiful Butterfly Show would like to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram. That's at Instagram.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. Also on Facebook.com forward slash The Beautiful Butterfly Show. And last but certainly not least, you can also catch up with us on Twitter. That's at Twitter.com forward slash the Beautiful Butterfly Show. And thank you once again for tuning in on behalf of the Vibration Radio Network. Have you ever sat down and simply wanted someone to fully understand your life? Someone who wakes up every day and does their best to provide and protect their loved ones the way you do? Someone who has been confused, lost, scared, or just trying to figure out how to balance their life spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially? If so, Life is Outstanding is the book for you. Anthony promises his readers that you don't have to be perfect to live an outstanding life. Check out the creative work of the author Trent Williams of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2. And Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. All right, and welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And we have our guest of the hour on the line, you guys. We got Urban Voodoo in the building, you guys. And I'm not going to delay it any further. I'm going to bring him on here. Urban, you there? Yes, ma'am. What's good? I am doing fantastic. How are you? Um, awesome, man. Phenomenally awesome. I'm trying to get to outstanding and amazing. Give me another hour. I'll be good. (laughs) All right. All right. So, of course, for the folks out there who may not be familiar, this might be their first time listening to you, hearing about you, um, tell them a little bit about yourself. Tell them who Urban Voodoo is. I bet. Well, you know, uh, I definitely got to give a shout-out to uh, one of my places of origin. Uh, I grew up half my life in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, By the time I was 10 years old, I grew up in California. Now, those two places, those two Localities uh, came together to create what we call urban voodoo. I would consider myself mm-hmm. to be a work, you know, kind of like a magician. You know what I mean? I, I, um, I see things, I have ideas, premonitions, mm-hmm. and I put them on paper. Um, I've been doing poetry since I was a child. I was probably like, uh, probably like in grade school, the first time I ever picked up a pen and put down a poem writing to my mother. And uh, over time, you know. Growing up the way I grew up uh, in the streets of Los Angeles, that that poetry became a little bit darker, uh, a little bit more 
sentimental, and uh, eventually I found my home in spoken word. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, and for you, um, you know, write, start when you begin writing so young. Um, a lot of people um, talk about um, how the, uh, therapy, poetry, um, it, it's therapeutic for them. Um, so for you, um, how did poetry make you feel um, as far as writing um, and expressing yourself even at a young age? Uh, for me, it was an outlet. Uh, it, it always mm-hmm. has been an outlet. Uh, you know, a lot of times I felt myself to be misunderstood. Um, okay. And for for much of my life, I was uh, kind of a loner. I, I, I always kind of stuck to myself, although I'm a people person. I wasn't a loner because I was antisocial. I was a loner because right. I felt misunderstood as a young person. And uh, mm-hmm. I began, when I began to write, I found a way to express myself. And people read my poetry like my family members and whatnot, and uh, they began to understand me better. And, and it just became a way for me to express my views of the world. And, you know, uh, it's no secret. I grew up in the streets of Inglewood, California. Uh, I, I was I was a young uh, delinquent, and um, I eventually started telling stories about what I had came up in, um, and mm-hmm. I found it to be a way to give voice to the problems of the youth. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely a therapeutic uh, tool, and um, you got to give voice to the voiceless. It's, it's, it's job one. I mean, if we don't do that, then we'll have someone else telling our story. Absolutely. And and why do you think, um, um, you know, looking back over your childhood, like why do you think you were misunderstood? Because all of us, you know, we have different characteristics characteristics about us that kind of make us different or stand out in certain ways. So why do you feel that people kind of misunderstood who you were, you you know, at that time? Um. A lot of it came from message. Um, you know, I I wasn't, you know, the, the bestest kid, you know what I mean, but I wasn't the worst either. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't understand what I was going through. When I moved to California, uh, you know, I had a brother who the first maybe year and a half, two years that I had lived in California, he died. You know, he, he, he was a oh, wow. gang affiliate, and he passed away. And I didn't get a chance to really get to know him. And then around me, a lot of right. my friends began to die. So those things, mm-hmm. those things uh, left really strong uh, impressions on me as a young person. Right. But right. it wasn't until I became a grown man uh, in my 30s that I actually found out uh, that I've lived with a condition the majority of my life. Um, uh, it's always been something hard to talk about. However, yeah. uh, it, it it made everything become clear. Um, when I was uh, in my 30s, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And wow. it, it gave me answers that I could never uh, uh, articulate myself. You know, I could never find mm-hmm. out why I would be angry or sad or, you know, right. or I, I had... I usually was at my best when I'm like what they call manic. I'm, I'm in, you know, when I have my high. Right. I'm, you know, that's right. when I'm when, right. when when you see me on my high. That's when that pen is flowing. It's just going and going and going and going and going. You know, and then when I'm at my lows, that's when my pen it'll 
communicate, but mm-hmm. it might communicate from a darker place. You know, that's right. where a little Andre comes from. That's where that's where uh, where did she get those bruises and poems like that come from? But it mm-hmm. wasn't until, like I say, it wasn't until I was grown and have a family of my own that I was able yes. to find these things out. And uh, you know, I, it's a, it's a day day to day struggle, but it's it's something that now that you have that knowledge, it's not so self destructive. It's not mm-hmm. something that that caused you to run the streets. Uh, it's not something that caused you to uh, to have social issues. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. And so for you guys out there listening, uh, make sure that you also go download our app, YRN 1328, uh, so that you can listen to this show and the many shows that we have to offer on your radio network uh, for you guys. You guys can also uh, follow um, Urban Voodoo on uh, Twitter as well. Um, You guys, Urban, you back? Yes, yes, yes. Y'all okay. have to get, let me give a disclaimer. I have a little 16, 17 month old daughter running around here. And, hey, you know, I know how it is. Right now, I'm on Mine daddy mission. You up. know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and you know what? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, you I definitely, definitely know how it is. Yes, yes. yes. It's, it's trying to find that balance. And so, I, and I wanted to ask you that, you know, uh, especially dealing, you know, with bipolar, like how do you, uh, you know, how do you find the balance? Because you have a lot of people, and I've, I have friends, I have close friends that um, deal with it as well. And so, and, you know, having a kid and having a whole family, like how do you find that balance, you know, while still trying to, you know, deal with what's going on with you? Uh, well, to be completely honest, um, for the longest time, I wasn't very good at it. Yeah. You know, I used to try to self-medicate, you know what I mean? I, I was heavily okay. smoking weed and alcohol, and then, uh, you know, some, some life situations had taken place that caused me to have to face the reality that there's nothing I, I can do without my medication, to be honest. Yeah. A lot of people right. will be like, no, I don't take no medication. Listen, listen, for me, um, sometimes I've been off my medication and not realized that I was veering. In other words, when things start bothering you, every little thing, you know, you find yourself stressed out at work for no reason, right. you know, you don't realize that you're on your you're on your way already. You're zero to sixty. So you get into arguments, you're finding yourself in situations where you can't let go of stuff that most people can let go of. And right. the truth of the matter is you need to know you and you need to understand that 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 disease this there's a chemical imbalance in that situation, to be right. honest. I right. mean, you know, Absolutely. and um yeah. And so I, I, I've learned to live with with uh, those situations, and I know what to do now, mm-hmm. and I always find someone to talk to. And it also takes having a strong support base and a good partner. If you're married, have a good partner. I have a mm-hmm. wonderful partner, and she supports me and makes sure that, you know, 
I, I see myself when when I'm on my way, when I'm on my way. She'll point yeah. it out to you quick. And that's important because um, it's very misunderstood. Like I say, it's something I'm just like learning how to talk about because, right. um, you know, especially if somebody who who may be a writer or maybe a, a artist of some sort, uh, um, that people assume you're normal, assume everything is okay, assume that. Maybe you just got an attitude. Assume that, like, in, in school, a lot of kids are bipolar, and their teachers are calling them disruptive. You know, their teachers are sending them to, to detention. Uh, a lot of mm-hmm. juveniles are acting out, and they end up in juvenile hall or some other juvenile facility, and eventually they become criminalized. And guess who are the ones that, are, that have their arms wide open waiting for them? Gangbangers. The gangs. They're the ones that are like, oh, I understand your situation. I understand what you like. You know what? I'm mm-hmm. just like you. And next thing you know, they're lost to the streets. And a lot of those right. kids, before they get there, if someone would take an opportunity to peep this out and not hide it, not be ashamed of it, but talk about it and find out what's going on, right. maybe we can reach that kid before that kid is so far gone that all he knows is to act out and be violent. You know, and and that's I think the majority of people in prison got some kind of mental disorder that we're not dealing with. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's one of those things, especially when it comes to um, mental disorders. Um, you know, especially specifically, you know, in, in the black families, it's one of those things that's not talked about because we've had those cousins or those uncles and everybody like, oh, they're just crazy, you know, and and people kind of just bypass them and didn't say, you know, it didn't say anything and didn't realize, you know, they actually had something wrong with them, you know, or something was going on with them. So a lot of times when it comes to us. We just have a tendency to overlook stuff and not realize them because we, you know, especially we got that person in our family who drink a lot. Well, it might be a reason, you know, that they drink a lot. It could be some type of mental issue. So a lot of times I feel like we just overlook those things instead of kind of having those conversations like, you know, maybe you need to go get checked out. Maybe you need to go see, you know, if something's going on with you. Right. And, you know, to get off, you know, just to take a step aside, from my mm-hmm. personal situation and what I go through, there are a lot of young girls in the community that are going through issues that are acting out, and we don't see that maybe they were molested. Maybe some tragic thing happened to that child that left that child in a situation where she don't trust nobody. Even little boys, right. they don't trust nobody. They don't trust the parents. They don't trust the school. They don't trust the cops. So they're out acting out, and they're self-medicating with each other. They're out in the street with each other. And while we're sitting around thinking everything is peachy keen, we don't want to talk about it because, oh, little Nelson's in trouble again. Oh, mm-hmm. she could just have another baby. They don't realize that there are issues that are affecting people's minds that need to be tapped into, you know. And, and that's, a, that's one of the things that this poetry is for. We write for those who cannot speak for themselves. Right. And tell their stories. Mm-hmm. We we tell our truths in order for them to be able to find a way to deal with theirs better because some people just can't articulate. And if we can't afford them and they can come to a show and somebody can be bold enough to get on stage and speak that truth, thousands and thousands of lives could be touched. And I think that's what poets, 
I think that's what the rappers used to do with, with songs like Brenda's Having a Baby and all these type of stuff. Oh, I don't know yeah. what's going on with hip hop nowadays. <laughs> I don't know what's right. going on. Right. People, is, right. people that turn, turn, turn crazy and, oh my goodness, we, 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 we've let, you know, in the in the in the industry of music and whatnot, this artistry we've allowed the the money the money changers to come into the temple and 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 sell us mm. short. And now we're just not yeah. even expressing our truths no more. We're 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 playing to the tune of the piper and making sure the money changers keep changing the money. And now people are throwing money on dance floors to somebody's little girl who's only on that dance floor that she thinks that's all she can do because nobody cared about anything else about her except her her booty or her breasts. And maybe she was only 11 years old and she was too developed for her age. And mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. we got them on the radio talking about it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. our parents had something yeah. to say about N.W.A. But N.W.A. Yeah. didn't... <laughs> you didn't hear this stuff on the radio when N.W.A. was running. You heard so. Express yourself is what you heard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and that's true. That's true, and that, and that's the thing about like our kids are, are soaking up a different thing. And like you mentioned, um, you know, Brenda having a baby by Tupac. Like, you know, when you hear Tupac and NWA and, and you know Dr. Dre, all these different groups that uh, were out and they brought messages about things that were going on, not only right there in them fa- in their face in their community, but other stuff that people were going through. And so now, you know, it's kind of like forget you know trying to be Relatable. Let's just focus on the money and the liquor, you know, and how many butt naked girls we can get in a video. Like we're not even focused on the message of what's really going on in our communities, and we've kind of gotten away from that um, as well. And so, and, and you mentioned about you know poets, you know, um, being able to be that voice for people, you know, who can't, you know, who who can't, you know, speak for themselves and so forth. And so for you. Um, how have you seen, um, you know, poetry um, affect people's lives uh, for the better? Because a lot of people, you know, they go to different spots and they leave, you know, inspired and encouraged by you guys that, you know, um, are up there on the mic. So how have you seen poetry actually, like, change and enhance people's lives? Well, um, Man, there's so many different ways, but I'm, I'm gonna start with one of the main, one of the closest to home ways. Uh, I, I grew up in um, Inglewood, like I told you, but eventually mm-hmm. I ended up in, in Long Beach as a student, as a as a college student at Long Beach City College. And uh, I remember when I first got there, the black student community, it was something is going on, but not a whole lot. And right. I used to see a lot of youngsters uh, who were coming to school, they just basically kind of come to class, but it was like lethargic. But when we started Young Poets Society at Long Beach City College, we want to talk about galvanization. Oh, my goodness, you had students, you had teachers, you had counselors and all kind of people getting involved with the movement. I saw students who, when they walked into the EOPS office for the first time, just trying to figure out how they were going to get their classes together and pay for their books. I saw people who came in and told the, the counselors, like, yo, I've only, uh, you know, I haven't been back to school in years, and I'm just now trying to get it back together. I've seen those people go through that first little scare and eventually graduate, 
get scholarships and end up becoming counselors themselves. I've seen people who are homeless eventually get involved with programs, start mentoring the youth, and now they got their own place somewhere, mentoring youth and doing poetry. I've seen poetry unite communities, man, like, you know, especially in the Los Angeles area. Oh, my God, there's so much stuff going on in the Lemur Park area. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like when, when, when Trayvon Martin was, was first murdered, I mean, you had people from all over the county merging on the Crenshaw, coming mm-hmm. together. And 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 I've seen I've seen people who came to the audience and heard that girl spit that one poem about what her daddy did to her, right? And the lady right. cried, and that opened mm. up her heart to be able to express her truth. You Absolutely. know, Absolutely. it's it's innumerable ways that poetry. And it opens people up, and, and 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 you know that's a sad thing. I remember when I first uh, started uh, posting on on Facebook my art. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it was National Poetry Month, and there was so many different types of poems. Oh mm-hmm. my God, uh, so many memorable names. Uh, 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 Heidi West, you know, and 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 and, and uh, uh, Andre Bacon, and. And, and 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 there was you know all of the people. I mean, I mean, there's so many names like Tashawn, but I mean, I could say all these different names that I would read and and you know, shout out to all the poets that's posted on Facebook. And um, there were messages in so many different pieces. People like John Survivor Truth, who was putting his truth out there about what he was struggling with. I mean, it just inspired yeah. me to want to do more. And I and that yeah. was like some of the first. Moments that I decided, you know what, I need to be in the movement, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I want to say that today, though, I see a lot of poetry that I call pussy poetry. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I write erotica, right? Right. Ain't nothing wrong with erotica. However, when it's a National Poetry Month and you scroll through uh, 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 the 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 notes and you find so many just erotic poems it's like this is the time to inspire man you know this ain't the time mm. to try to get in the draws necessarily yeah spit one or two you know cool i understand but not as much you know what i'm saying i, I just i just yeah. my personal thing i know i'm gonna make some people mad but like ain't nobody want to see all that on their timeline all the time you know I, I post on your timeline every now and then something erotic yeah but I ain't trying to get in your jaws every goddamn day. I want to <laughs> penetrate your mental. Right. You know what I'm saying? I want to penetrate your mental. Right. And I think that as a community, we need to get back to that. You know, yeah. get back to, to not look at me, but look at us. Look at this. Look at the world. Look at right. what's going on. Look, we right. can't just keep on waiting for Trayvon Martin. We can't keep waiting for Michael Brown. We can't keep waiting for the for the revolution to pop up on our on our on our on our timeline. Right. On our news We are the revolution. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. We are the revolution that Gil Scott said is not gonna be televised. That's us. That's you. Yeah. That's me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I ain't on T V. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Absolutely. And we actually have a caller here on the line, and we're going to bring them in. Caller from the 347 last digits, 1284. State your name and where you're calling from. Yes, hello. Hi, this is William Washington, Spanish Island, New York City. Hey, William, how are you doing? I'm well, I'm well, and I'm just so digging this conversation. This conversation. First, let me say some. Let me say this. Congratulations, to Urban Voodoo, on your feature. And Indeed. I have to tell the and I have to tell the host hello and tell her a story. A year a year or two back, Urban Voodoo visited New York City. Uh-huh. And we hung out and we hung out for a few days, right? right. And this man, this man was battling pneumonia, even though he didn't know it. I knew it. You know, I used to work in EMS. I know he had pneumonia. A touch of right. it, but it was really bad. But you know that could not mm-hmm. stop this brother from spreading his message all throughout New York City, all throughout Harlem. This man, when he hit the stage, there was no coughing. There was no hunched over, deep cough and couldn't breathe, none of that. When that light hit this man, it was like, it was, it was an amazing feat. Because no one would know he wow. was sick. I mean, he just he just... Spread that positive vibe, that jazzy type melodic uh, message that he spread. You know, and people right. were saying, how could he be so powerful and so melodic at the same time? Even I did. He talked to my son and asked my son, What's, what are you doing with your life? Are you in college? Are you in school? I had never seen my son's face light up like that in my life. Even when I tried to talk to him, he didn't light up like that. But he felt what I felt when I first saw Urban Voodoo, he felt that power, that anointing that this, this brother had. My son felt mm-hmm. it because when Urban Voodoo left, he was like, where's the guy at? I, I, I got a paper. I wrote something. I wanted him to, and we didn't never write poetry, but he wrote something for Urban Voodoo. And um, so he, this young man, is just, Urban is just blessed, and I, don't, I still don't think he knows how anointed and blessed he is. You know, so when I hear him on mm. your show talking that talk, I'm just smiling from ear to ear because the brother's saying all the right things. We don't need erotic every day. We don't need eroticism every day. We need uplifting, mm-hmm. enlightenment. We need a coercion to get our brothers and sisters to do right. You know, so Absolutely. I thank Urban Voodoo for saying that because, you know, he will get feedback from that because people are blind. They think um, it's all about the dating game, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know so, so I, I appreciate because he said some things I wanted to say. You know, that's how much of a, a forerunner he is, a front runner. He doesn't mm-hmm. follow, he leads. You know, and that's just right. a beautiful thing. You know, I can go on all Absolutely. night talking about him. Y'all better stop me. This man right here kept me on my toes, man. He, <laughs> he definitely, he, he, he was mad about it, but he, so stuck, he stuck with me. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. All right, no, because I put my headphones in. I never use headphones. But what it was, I told Urban, I told Urban, when you come to New York, you on my watch. I ain't gonna let nothing happen to you, brother. And um, <laughs> and I meant that, from, I meant that from my heart. I was a hard, a hard task. But this boy right here, this man right here, if he comes back ten times out of ten times, I will always take him in, always embrace him, man, because he's a good dude. And I learned from him. He didn't know I was picking his yeah. brain when he was talking to my son. I was listening. So I actually learned and picked his brain, you know, and um, so I, yeah. I, I really thank him, man. I really do. That's I really awesome. Do. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yes, sir. Awesome. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Definitely appreciate, appreciate you calling in and showing some love to Urban Voodoo. <laughs> Always. Always, man. Always. You know? 
Definitely, yeah, man. Awesome. Right. Well, we hope that That's you will continue um, listening to the show as long yeah. as you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, 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 right. When do you end? When does the show end? Um, uh, seven thirty. Yeah. 7:30. Oh, please, I'm right here. I thought you were talking about three, four hours or something. I'm right here. So I can listen to Voodoo. I can listen to the Voodoo all night, man. That's this brother is just so talented, man. He is just, and the name fits him. The name fits him, man. Urban Voodoo. I mean, he's got that urban, the pulse of the urban, the inner city in him, and he mesmerizes with his words. So I really, I really, I don't know, I don't know who gave him that name. I hope he can um, talk about who gave him that name or how did he come about that name. I would love to hear that. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually, right. um, I'll. I'll get him to share that um, when we come back from our uh, Get on your job, special. baby. Get on your um, job, baby. Don't let me have to start sending you messages. I'll be <laughs> <laughs> well, he talked about it earlier, but you were running oh, a little I late. Missed it. I missed but, it. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. My bad. My bad. My bad. I'm still seeing messages. Right. Just, just, for, you know, just for the fun of it. All, All right. right. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Awesome. I mean, awesome. There, awesome. There, is, there is a story behind it, you know, uh, a, a deeper story. Uh, I thought, where you gonna, where you gonna break, or, or you want me to get into the story now? Oh, uh, you can go ahead now. We can, we can roll with oh. it. Go ahead, and I'll, I'll do a break after you finish telling. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, when I was twenty years old, I, I had uh, committed a crime and ended up having to do some time. And toward the end of my time, I ended up at a very famous. Uh, Correctional facility called Soledad, and it was mm-hmm. at Soledad that Urban Voodoo was created. I had a buddy of mine; his name was Kufu, and me and Kufu used to have these elaborate. And it's crazy because this before the internet got like it is now. This is like when the internet was there, but we it it was so new still. We hadn't really seen it because we hadn't been doing our time. You know, this is like ninety. 98 through 2001 mm-hmm. that we're, you know, having conversations. And um, we had this elaborate idea. He had this idea to have an Internet cafe, poetry, lounge where people could interact and all of this stuff online. And he was going to call it L7. And so we started writing poetry in order to perform for the Muslim population during their id uh, uh festival and um mm-hmm. so i'm not sure what made me think urban voodoo by you know uh uh like those two words together but you know i, I pitched it at him like yeah man urban voodoo man yeah and he's like oh you know i don't think it's a good for you know group name but i'm like but no i like the, the, the name itself man urban voodoo he's like man yeah, that might fit you but like if we're gonna do like a group well let's do urban voodoo soup and I was like, no, nah, man. He was like, no, nah, man, look, herb like like weed, H-E-R-B, and voodoo soup, like we don't smoke weed and have the, the, the magical soup or whatever. And shit. It was like, no, nah, man, all right. And I started writing it, writing it down a lot, just herb and voodoo by myself. <laughs> he wanted to change my shit into some pothead stuff. <laughs> I wasn't all on that, you know. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, it started developing conceptually, and um, it just took on a life of its own with poems that I was coming up with. Like what was what was coming to me writing, it, it, it was like 
it, it didn't have a persona. Like I wasn't Urban Voodoo as a persona. You you understand what I mean? Um, right. The persona comes later. It was more of the subject matter in my writings began to be Urban Voodoo. Right. I'm Michelle Fortson. Like me, I am was born and, and, and bred Michelle Fortson. And I'm proud of the name mm-hmm. Michelle because a lot of black people don't realize that we had a, a pioneering director in the early 1900s called Oscar Michelle. He was one of the first black directors to ever create a movie. I mean, in his movies you can still find on YouTube. I mean, he had great friggin' oh, movies, wow. right? Uh-huh. But we don't even know who he is, yeah. right? So I'm proud of the name Michelle. I just don't like that Facebook made me put it on on the screen. <laughs> like, it don't necessarily be on the screen. Yeah. I'm Urban Voodoo for the world to see. In fact, for those who don't know, um, who know me as uh, the original spelling, the U-R-B-A-N-V-O-O-D-O-O, I had to change that through due to Facebook. And now you can find me as U-R-B-N-V-U-O-O. D I want everybody to know that. Holla at me. Get back let's get back cracking because Urban Voodoo is still alive. <laughs> Absolutely, um, you guys. You got um You guys heard it first over here on the beautiful butterfly show and what we're gonna do is we're gonna take uh, a little break and pay a few bills and wanna come back and uh I know the folks are eagerly anticipating some pieces that um, Urban has, and he's going to share with us tonight on the show. So you guys are definitely um, going to be in store for that as well. So we're going to come back with more Urban Voodoo right here on B Fly's Poetry Lounge on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. White tees, blue jeans, pants hanging down to your knees, ghetto uniforms. Let me ask you a question: What team do you play for? Playing the position of defense all because of the offenses that were done against you. But you see, your willingness to conform to an outfit that signifies a behavior that doesn't belong to you classifies your need to take part in an assembly whose sole purpose by this society has been classified as weak simply because the outfit is not unique. White tees, blue jeans, pants hanging down to your knees. This look gives your teammates a bad name. Stereotypical fashion that is seen on TV. All that's missing is your jersey number, a.k.a. your digits. And seven or more may explain the crucial piece in life that you as a team member have been missing. Because statistics say that one in every three black men will be sent to the state. 59% of brothers will be charged with a drug case. And 29% of black men will be convicted of rape. Let's not even talk about the brothers that go falsely accused. All because of the outfit they subconsciously choose. Y'all might as well put on your county blues. Young men, do me a favor. Please stop being fools. It's hard enough out here in these streets just being you. The complexion of your skin makes it hard for you to win. And if you lose, so do we. Because there are already too many brown babies being born and not and not enough whole unit families. And I, I as a mother, I write this piece as a play because you and your life, believe it or not, it matters to me. And ghetto uniforms, they're way too recognizable out here in these streets. Especially when the gang rocks to say that every young black man just joined the team. White tees, blue jeans, pants hanging down to your knees. Ghetto uniform. 
Take them off. Please. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where everyday topics come together, get discussed, and you get informed. As always, we appreciate your time and your support of this awesome platform, brought to you by no other than Vibration Radio. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another fantastic episode of the Beautiful Butterfly Show. How y'all doing? This is Lyrics Brown, author of the Law to the Hustle series 1 and 2. Also author of the Devil's Calling Card 1, 2, and 3. All available on Amazon. And when I'm not writing, I'm listening to Bianca Fly here on the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Y'all be easy. Official sign with Universal Miss Renetta Mays with You Got Me Open live from Flame Studios, Vibration Radio, Telekini Media, and of course, your radio network.com. Buy that, cop that. Hell, I don't care if you burn that, but just support that. Miss Renetta Mays, You Got Me Open. Confused 
Where did all the kids go? Remember Saturday staring from a 79th Street window feeling alone, even though everyone else was home? I fell into a bloody love affair on Queen Street, just blocks from the swap meet in a police station, picking backs amongst generals, practicing bogards and drive-bys before I even knew how to drive. Time slips away into oblivion. Some eyes go blank, never to see the light, because we be slipping into darkness. Heat of cocked and ready, a forgotten world of has-beens who never were. Life is a blur, because when you was a gangster, well, when you was a gangster, you moving fast forward. 21 before the 15th birthday, young dude died on a Thursday. The youth can barely dream. Nowhere to create the reality. Depression on every block. Learn gang signs in the sixth grade. Graffiti in the seventh. On scrub day, be ready. Eighth graders will rush you the young thug way. Stay ready, ain't got to get ready. So why not? Beating me ain't going to help you win. So why plot? I have to learn to distinguish which symbols were dominant in school textbooks. Remember B.B. Bridges? Nigga, remember B.B. Bridges on asphalt gardens? School lunch programs have a young man starving, packed in classrooms like hounds. Oof. Yeah, them fools be whooping till the activities begin. Forgot to discuss the details at parent-teacher meetings where conferences were inquisition. School yards were run like prisons. Lil' G's better loke up. Junior high was so corrupt. And they and they and they finally discussing they finally discussing gun issues. Such and such years after Uzi's first hit my street. School shootings and fist fights. Man, I've seen brawls in broad daylight, Florence and Western where O's and gangsters collide. If you were young back then, you had to be prepared to ride just in case. Like, what exactly do you do when you and that gun come face to face? Better floss and break if you ain't heated. If you wasn't fools, be quick to tell you to beat it. We become G's before we develop identities. Crazy, huh? Crazy, crazy how young girls make lifelong commitments devoted to hood life, banging like this with the hood life. Things will never be good like when you were young. Snoop Dogg becomes the new Bobby Seale. We so far gone, some don't even know the Black Panthers were real. Crazy, huh? When you was a gangster. Nice, nice, nice. What was the inspiration uh, behind uh, that one? I mean, shoot. I grew up. I grew up at a time in Los Angeles where, like, it was so raw and uncut, so mm-hmm. violent that mm-hmm. I, I walked to school unknowing because I was, you know, I came there from New Orleans, and by the, you know, I was in sixth grade. And, you know, me and my sister used to walk home from school. And I remember before I knew anything about gangs, like really knew anything about gangs, I used to read the walls and the benches. And on my elementary school playground, there used to be a bench. And on the bench, had this had these little kind of like rhymes, you know, may it rain, may it drip, suckers in the lip. If you ask you with your trip, and then whatever gang would be right there, you know, uh, or or uh or chili chili bang bang west side inglewood you know whatever these kind of these kind of things used to be written down and you know being a kid I didn't know what it was 
But then my brother was a gangster. My brother was an H R gangster crib. He was he was a he was a you know, he was well known and you know, he used to come over my grandmother's house and, you know, kinda of strike fear into my cousin's heart, you know. And mm-hmm. you know I'm, the whole time I'm being affected but I don't really know that I'm being affected. So I made my choices eventually. And I chose to be mm-hmm. involved with gangs and, and be gang man. And a lot of mm-hmm. people have a misconception about gangs, like they're all some kind of evil and, you know, all kind of, you know, people who go to it for protection and this and this and that. But plenty of those people who are banging, whether they Crip, Blood, Vice Lord, GD, SA, whatever they are, a lot of them dudes grew up in a situation where they really didn't know no better. That's all they knew. That's all they saw. You know what I mean? It ain't, it'd be mm-hmm. like it'd be like growing up in a family of cops. You ever trip off like like the the cop shows? They always have like the granddad is a cop, the father's a cop, and now the mm-hmm. son's a cop. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it, that's the same thing with gangs. You know, or 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 you know, your whole family in the military. I mean, a lot of these dudes. That's how it was for them. And then on top of that. We lived in a situation in the late 80s and early 90s where, like, it was like, do it. It, it, was, it was down if you did and down if you didn't. And I'm not saying that to make an excuse, but I'm saying that we had to learn how to survive where everybody else was asleep. Like, if you wasn't a kid whose parents was taking you to camp or you wasn't playing basketball or football or you were walking home from school every day or riding your bike all the time, you know, you had to learn how to survive. Now, you might not have actually joined a gang, but you you, you liable to know some. You liable to have a gift of gab and be cool enough to be able to talk your way out of stuff. But, not, but, but, but the main thing is these kids are learning how to survive, and we don't see it. All we see is our mm-hmm. perception of it. And the thing about right. it is it's crazy because ain't nobody, what nobody telling us about Bobby Seal. Mm. Wasn't nobody telling us about Bunchy Carter, about Larry Hampton. Wasn't nobody telling us about these people. We learned about Scarface. You know what I'm saying? We we learned about Michael Corleone. You know what I'm saying? And then eventually we learned about Colors, Rocket and and, uh, Turbo. You know what I'm saying? The characters in Colors was portrayed to be these hard. And I remember when I was a kid, there was this one scene where this youngster is getting pulled over by the cops. He's on his knees, and he says, cancel Christmas. And I thought he was the hardest shit, you know what I mean? These kids are being taught who they need to be or who they shouldn't be by somebody else, and they're Mm -hmm. acting on it. And, if, and and today, maybe, yeah, back then it was you're going to gang bang or sell drugs or you're going to play basketball or football. Today is you're going to be gay or you're going to be lesbian or you're going to be bi or you're going to be weird or you're going to be a gang member or you're going to be popping bottles or you're going to be pimping or you're going to be on drugs. That's the message that they're getting. So that's what made me right. write that piece because it's crazy, right. huh? And we don't even that's see crazy. that. Yeah. Absolutely. We don't see that kid that's staring out of his out of his window every day, feeling like nobody's home, but everybody's there. Mm-hmm. And I was that I was a kid like that, so that 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 that's where that piece comes from. Awesome, awesome, awesome. 
Definitely, definitely love it. Uh, what I want to do is, um, I know you got another one for us. I know the folks um, are looking for another one uh, from you as well. Um, and what we're going to do oh, is we're going to play um, just a short uh, commercial, and then we're going to come back, and uh, everyone is going to give you guys some more live right here on the beautiful butterfly show, you guys. And you don't stop, keep, keep it on, keep it on, keep, keep it on. You don't stop, keep, keep it on, keep, keep it on. Where the party at?
Allow me to trace your curves. I said, allow me to trace the curves of your birthright with my fingertips. Let your lips meet mine at the eclipse of my sun's rising. Come for me in the ecstasy of the moment. We traveled together through time on Saturn's rings before climax, exploding into quasars. You are the journey of ages where beauty becomes paradise and touch becomes resurrection. Give life to my yearnings. Your skin is the cream of nature decorating genetic mastery. You are she who is and always will be woman, the generation, generator of generations, she who led us away from chains, who gave birth to heroes, who dressed our wounds, who made love to us even when we were too weak to fight. Come back to me in the twilight of an evening sky. Kiss me again softly, slowly. Allow me to travel through time with you. Ride the river of a rhyme with you. Let confide in you, pillow walking in the most universal language, practicing love-making techniques gleaned from papyrus scrolls. I trace ages in your eyes, a soul's comfort. We together have been here before, holding hands through the cosmos. Your touch like the emerging of sunshine at the horizon. Come back to me. End poem. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, and one of the things that I, I definitely like about your poetry, um, as you mentioned, it gives you a variety uh, of different things that you bring and you share with people. Um, and, and I love that. Um, it's nothing wrong with sticking it into one genre, you know, if that's what people want to do. But uh, to have that versatility and be able to uh, bring and share different things from different avenues, uh, I find that to be definitely uh, incredible as well. And um, I, I wanted to ask you, as, as a poet, for people out here, you know, they might have been writing for a while and so forth. How did you find that courage to actually get up on stage in front of people and, and share with other people? Well, that's one thing I will say that's good about my condition is that I live life yeah. on the stage. So. I have yeah. no problem with getting up and showing out. Like, I've never been shy. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the one thing about being bipolar. I'm not, I, I've never been the type to be, I'm not a manic depressive. I'm not okay. depressed. I am manic. That means that I am zero to 60. I am that, so, you know, I don't know if y'all, y'all into like, like Bay Area hip hop, but uh, this dude, Keith the Sneak, had a song. Uh, uh, where uh, the people like dun 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 dun, and he says, "Being a villain, and I'm feeling like yay." That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so getting on stage was no problem. But um, if I yeah. may, because I know we're going to open mic, I wanted to uh, drop an old school, one of my oldest All pieces, right. and and this piece speaks to one of the issues in our community. It's called Little Andre. All right. And if you've never heard Little Andre some music, check out my Reverb page. It's still intact. Reverb Nation. Look up Urban Voodoo, U-R-B-A-N-V-O-O-D-O-O. And this piece goes like this. Little Andre broke down crying right before it was time for him to pray. He told me this in confidence, so I'm not at liberty to disclose his identity without consent. 
so I spent hours trying to rearrange events so I could tell this story properly. You see, it's tragic when the system fails to protect a child because they're stuck on images which they project. Such was the case with his story. His mother never wanted to marry his father, so he was always a victim of the resentment she harbored. Never bothered to mention a single righteous word about his father. Never bothered to mention that daddy called on a daily basis, plus she was incoherent, always in and out like changing stations in desolate places on road trips across this nation. Little Andre was out of tune and out of touch, told me that when he and sister were alone, my man would fuck with us. These awful words spilled forcefully like levees breaking in New Orleans said ever since his sister was 13, Mama's men gave a lot of compliments on her jeans, not to mention the trinkets and small tokens of appreciation. He was a little confused because he was only eight when Mommy's daddy friend moved in. That's when you could hear the closet noises, squeaky toys, and stumbling hallways from sister's little room. I sat. Silently, unable to utter a sound until little Andre's story found conclusion. These are examples of how lives fall apart. It's like a chain reaction. Most times, parents are the spark. Be watchful of your seeds. This is a goldfish tank full of sharks. I asked him, what did the noises sound like? Began to frown like I with six words ripped a gaping hole in his tiny little heart. He'd rather speak frankly about fire. I said, he'd rather speak frankly about fire than to answer my last question. He merely squirmed in his little seat. His question was fear more than anger, like, what could I do? I, a stranger with no knowledge of the sequence of events, God was already mad somehow at him, at least. That's what his mommy told him. His sister, she was merely a child, her heart filled with the symphony of butterflies. Her mind had the vision of a sage and the magic of unicorns, born into a world uncomfortably exposed. Her sleep was dead silent, as if she would escape the comfort of mourning, only to awaken into the oppressing hand of a re- of related foes, her clothes soiled and ragged, her face decorated with trails of tragic fear, found herself, cringing in a corner, Pleading for a way out, it could have been you, she often thought as the chorus of insults ensued on the playground. Each day she met with a choir of carolers who sang in unison the most hurtful songs. Your mama was a crack whore. Your mama was a crack whore. Crack whore, crack whore. Your mama is a crack whore hung out on Broadway, well known to the groupers on the set, who were often seen meeting out the most coolish compliments against them. Whenever mummy had a debt, so little Andre broke down and cried last night right before he prayed. He stayed deathly silent, listening, listening to Reese's young tears like him grow up to be tyrants doing gang violence. He broke down like a 64 Chevy that looked good on the outside, but inside it's fully maintained. He wish he could talk to his pops, but ever since the judge dropped his gavel, he and son been estranged. These are examples of how lives fall apart. It's like a chain reaction. Most times, parents are the spark. Be watchful of your seeds. This is a goldfish tank full of sharks. Thank you. 
<laughs> and uh, and I heard you mention uh, Lola Andre uh, once before. Um, and how did you come about um, creating um, Little Andre? Well, professionally, I'm a drug and alcohol counselor, and mm-hmm. uh, some of the people that I've come in contact with through all my mentoring and my peer counseling have mm-hmm. told me some of the greatest stories, and from some of those stories, I put together this character, uh, Andre, because um, mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't realize that sometimes child abuse is not actually happening directly to that person. In other words, Andre was watching as his sister was being abused. You know what I mean? Wow. His, his pain mm-hmm. wasn't from the man touching him. His pain was because when he heard those noises in the hallway, you know, he knew what was going on. And right. he was in his own little dark corner, and he knew what was going on with his sister. But his sister didn't have the voice to speak on it, so he did. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of goes back to what you were mentioning earlier in the show about um, how poets um, poets give the voice to those who, you know, are able to, you know, speak um, about the things they're going through. So, um, wow, that, that, that definitely um, speaks volumes, you know, to – to be able to have someone, um, and then like you, you know, interacting with people and hearing the things that are people going through, and a lot of times people just can't find a way to express themselves and, and what they're going through, um, and so to to hear it, you know, through poetry, through spoken word, um, that somebody gets it, you know, and that somebody understands um, what you're going through can truly, you know, mean a lot to people um, who, who struggle with things on a day to day basis. Indeed, indeed, and uh, that's, I think that's our, that's God gave us this talent for that reason. We are griots. We we, we are the people who, if it wasn't for the griot during the slavery times, we wouldn't know where we came from. We are the ones who were able to tell the story when the Romans came in and slaughtered the whole village. The job of the poet. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, I know you um, have one more in store for us, and so we're gonna get one more poem from Urban Voodoo. And um, if we have some poets on the line, uh, we're gonna open the mic to let you share um, your pieces on the show tonight. Uh, before we get ready to get out of here, um, I think William's still online, and uh, if you guys haven't heard William Washington, you guys are gonna be in store for a treat tonight, so we're going to see if he um, will be able to grace us with a piece tonight as well. So I'm going to let Urban do his thing, and then we're going to open the mic. Ooh, I want to hear some poetry. Okay, okay, I'll do one more, and then um, I definitely want to hear some poetry. Um, This piece of call would be American. There have been so many promises, so many speeches, so many so-called amendments, but the disparity is still the same. Civilized ghettos filled with uncivilized conditions where ambitions equal pain. This is a dungeon of danger where denizens extract retribution from the hollowed hearts of those who would be American. We would be American, but the prefixes have never done us justice. Judicial edicts forever cage us in yesterday's union. Our faces forever the target of some bigot musket. Yesterday's institutions still hold today hostage, dangling freedom as meat, pretending that somewhere over a polluted rainbow we can still see the wizard. 
Sunday. Or perhaps Santa Claus will miraculously rescue us from this blizzard of partisan penny-pinching our community into the oblivion that landed us on these shores, pillaging pensions for every cent on the dollar. Holla if you hear me. Don't quality. It don't equal equality. So don't yell equality while practicing discrimination. This nation caught in a purgatory of disgust, deceit, and mistrust Yet we stand with our so-called leaders asking, what about us? What about all the dreamers and aspirations, the breakthroughs and vaccinations, that this blatant edification of all that is vile, laws which no longer equal legal, innocent laws before trial, as if trial and error can bring back the lost souls, a cost so high that one would be hard-pressed to sell their souls. Dissent grows with every skullduggery, every scandal, every freedom trampled at the hoof by this brazen beast. This is a brazen beast. From Revelation, it is time for history to gather in the streets among the downtrodden, among among the lost and destitute children, those prefixes that would be American in poem. Now, please let me awesome. know poetry. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. And let me uh, see if uh, William, you there? Yes. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you good. All right. Now, they trying to that poem. I'm trying to use headphones for the first time, and I, I don't know, you know. All right. <laughs> I'm loving Urban's, uh, Urban Voodoo's selections, man. He is just so, so amazing. That's all I'll say. I'll, I'll give you a, something I wrote today, all right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a poem. The other day, I wrote a poem. In my poem, I rescued Jesus before he died on the cross. Free captured Africans at sea before slave ships landed on American shores. Taught English to all illiterate girls and boys. A gun was just a toy. In my poem, a prostitute walks not the streets. Instead, she runs for the United States of America's presidency. This poem is filled with irony. In my poem, black lives mattered. Five out of every ten black men had a job. All we ever asked for was an even chance. No blood on the leaves, black corpses swinging from southern trees. No black grandmother scrubbing rich people's floors on her hands and knees. In my poem, all we smoke is trees. In my poem, I brought back black love to the black family. Love my father, love my mother, love my sister, love my brother. Love is black love, love of self. In my poem, the rich paid their taxes. If you earn under $35,000 a year, you paid no taxes. Would someone please wake me the fuck up? I must be dreaming. In my poem, black women look like black women. And I ain't going to say it no more. I ain't going to say it no more. I saved a hoe from being a hoe. I married her. There's a rose in Spanish Harlem. That rose is black in Spanish Harlem. I am that rose in Spanish Harlem. In my poem, I was 10 inches long and 5 inches thick. I fucked America till that bitch got sick. The other day, I wrote a poem. In poem. Wow. You know me? I love it. <laughs> oh, I love, hey, I love the direction that came from. I knew you going to bring the heat. <laughs> oh, I love the direction that came from. 
I rescued Jesus before he was sacrificed on the cross, boy. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, man, thank you. I, I just wrote it. I just finished it like 10 minutes ago, so I didn't know how it was going to come off. But if y'all like it, then I might put it in the rotation. You know? Man, you oh, start, yeah, definitely. Some of y'all need to go there. in that car, put some gas, and then come to Memphis. <laughs> well, I'll, be a, I'll do the Amtrak. I'll do the Amtrak. I'll, I'll come to, if y'all got an Amtrak, I can get there, you know? All right. You know, there's a train or bus that runs through there. I'll get there. You know, thank All you. Right. Thank you. So, <laughs> and thank you, host. I, now, now, say your name again the proper way, because I'll be calling you baby so long, I don't even know your name. Say, say your Bianca name. Fly. Bianca Fly. I've been calling you hey, Fly baby. Girl. I've been calling her baby for so long. I just thought that was your name, baby. <laughs> you know? <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, it Bianca. It is a thank pleasure. You. Thank you. So much for coming on here and supporting and sharing with us tonight. I would never miss my brother. Never. I'll 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 walk through fire and hell for urban voodoo, man. You know that. (laughs) All right. All right. Thank you. Awesome. 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 We definitely appreciate you, and we hope you have a great rest of your evening. Oh, I'm hyped now. You got me hyped now. Yeah, I'm going to look to get in some trouble now. <laughs> Fuck America. I'm going to get in some trouble right now. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Who we got right, next? Right. Who we got next? Who we got next, man? That's some fire. Woo. Um, well, he's the only one with his hand up right now. Um, I guess everybody else is just listening, which we appreciate. Um. We we definitely appreciate that as well. So, um, of course, huh? I said I got more poems, but I know some poets out there, man. I I ain't did this in a long time, man. I want what that what that (laughs) Well, we'll have to schedule uh, just an open mic show uh, for for uh, another time. But uh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you cool? You cool? You cool? Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, but for the folks out there, tell them um, how they can connect with you as far as social media. I know your um, your tracks and everything are just about everywhere, so tell them how they can uh, reach out to you. Well, definitely, I'm, I'm really trying to promote my new uh, Facebook page. I need to get everybody on that one so I can, I can take my government down. I don't really like the idea that they could just Google my first and last and go to my Facebook page. I don't like that. So definitely mm-hmm. find me on Facebook as Urban Voodoo, it's spelled U-R-B-N-V-U-D-U. You know what I mean? Uh, only only vowel in that is the U, so Urban Voodoo. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can also check out my Instagram page, which is Urban Voodoo, spelled U-R-B-A-N-V-O-O-D-O-O, 76. Check me out on Instagram. And right now, that's what I'm working with because I, I had to shut everything down. I'm raising a family, man, building my foundation. Right. Got a school on the way. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I can't wait to meet my boy. He's my, my, my wife's due in like less than 30 days. So I'm, 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 woo, I'm excited about that. Uh, <laughs> but definitely find me on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome, awesome. Well, look, it is definitely. Um, being a pleasure, always a pleasure to have you here on the show, and uh, I definitely would love to have you come back. Uh, we'll definitely uh, set up an open mic where we can get uh, the poets flowing back through here uh, for old times' sake, um, and it would definitely be a treat, and I definitely appreciate you coming on here and sharing just so much knowledge 
um, about poetry, about your life, um, from your name, where you got it from, all that good stuff. It's always good uh, to learn more about the pe- people, you know, that we interact with social media on a, on a regular day-to-day basis. So I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on here and hang out with us this evening. Yes, ma'am. I, I'm always appreciative of having the floor, the floor and, the, and, the, and the platform. I mean, your show has always been beautiful, you know, as you are. And, uh, you know, I'm, you. I'm appreciative of being had. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you got a piece you want to take us out with? Yeah. Hey, but I want to bring you back. You remember the first show we did? I do. I do. Ooh, that was a nice one. <laughs> I do. You had, you actually had several people in your house <laughs> who actually mm-hmm. came and got up on the mic. I'm gonna find that show. I'm gonna repost it so the people out here can uh, listen to it as well. But Urban Urban had I don't know how many people in his house at the time. This was when he you were I think you were still in Cali. Um, yeah. at this time, and so you had Buku, the people just came on the mic, and it was incredible. So I'm going I'm to actually pick, uh, dig that up and, and repost it so the folks out here can listen to it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let me go on, go on, and, uh, go on and spit this piece and uh, take y'all out. I am the crashing of tides. The second coming of the first wave, I move these words like whirlpools swallowing beasts to push out concepts, the hurricane threatening a flood. My verses like high winds blasting whack caps off the map. I'll sink your battleship. Call me typhoon. I am lost like Atlantis at high noon. Your whole clique is doomed. I am an ocean relentless and vengeful. I carry the middle passage on my back relentless. I am a violent when provoked. So don't test me. Please don't test me. My wordplay will drown you. My path is least resistance. I only need one mic to surround you. I only need one mic to surround you. That's something new. <laughs> awesome. Dope, 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 dope. And uh, you guys have heard it, you guys. He is the man, the myth, the legend, you guys. And you guys have discovered tonight who Urban Voodoo is. So I appreciate you so much for coming on here. And as always, you definitely know you're welcome to come back on here at any time. And I hope you have a great rest of your evening. And I'll be talking with you soon. Yes, ma'am. Look forward to it. Peace, boys. I hope you all enjoyed this National Poetry Month. Absolutely. All right, you guys. That was Urban Voodoo, and I'm going to be sharing his links on my uh, Facebook page, the Beautiful Butterfly Show um, family page, and the Bianca Fly page on Facebook as well, so you guys can connect out with him, hear all his awesome, awesome pieces that he has to share as well. Big shouts out to all the callers on the line who are listening. We appreciate you taking the time. Big shout out to uh, William Washington, who came on and always um, comes with something magnificent, and uh, we're gonna have to see about getting William up on here as well uh, from the fourth feature because he definitely does some great and has some powerful pieces as well. So, with that said, you guys, we're gonna get ready to get out of here. I appreciate you guys so much for tuning into the beautiful butterfly show, and I'll see you next week. 
same time, same place. And uh, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. If you want to be a guest on the show, all you got to do is hit us up at thebflyshow at gmail.com and send us your information, and we will make it happen. So with that said, you guys, we appreciate you guys so much. Have a fantastic weekend.
in the darkness Forever Every night Baby, take my hand, take a walk in the fall Make a love in the fall, make a love in the fall 